Welcome to Women Audaciously, where we have bold, daring, and fearless conversations about all things women. I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Liz. And this is Women Audaciously. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? So in our last episode, we hit and we touched about just the reality of life and where we are now compared to how we've been conditioned and how we've been trained and brought up. And today we're going to boundaries. How did we get here? Mm, I love this conversation or this subject, right? So I have not been a super strong boundary holder for the majority of my life. Um, It was probably three years ago, and I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, where I was going through um, separation and being like, literally, I think I was like, head to the sky. How did I get here? Like, what is going on? And I I actually... um, contributed to an anthology that was titled where did I go and I was sharing um a little bit about that particular season of my life but when the Holy Spirit was revealing the the definition of codependency and what that looked like in my family what that looked like for generations what that looked like for us culturally the boundary conversation was like intertwined like right there with it and so I realized that having healthy boundaries was actually frowned upon Wow. Um, for many different reasons and they were really looped in and tell me about that though because boundaries are frowned upon in my area and where I come from but for particular reasons so I want to hear from you yeah, and I don't, I don't know if there, we definitely have different cultural backgrounds, so I'm, I'm curious as to if they're the same thing. But yeah. I think it's intricately tied into the people-pleasing piece, right? Yeah. And so if you're asking me for something, um, to do something for money, um, for time, for energy or anything, and I say no, most of the time that was received as a personal attack. Rejection. Yes, but it's a rejection. The seed of that rejection, though, was planted far before the moment that I said no, except now I'm dealing with the tree and the fruit of that rejection seed, and it's nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm all kinds of names. I'm all kinds of looks. I'm all kinds of who does she think she is. is Or she just don't like me. Like (laughs) Projection. Yeah. Over the boundary of no and so in family dynamics um even like amongst children having to like sharing is important but there's a difference between sharing and like making someone do like certain things that they don't want to do so like if we all have a plate and we all have the same amount of food and someone's like oh can I get one of your chicken wings and they demolished all theirs and I'm like, no, that come on, just give them da 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 da. They ask nicely. My and, food. And what's your point? But my that's <laughs> just a crazy um example. But even like without understanding that, I've kind of done that 
even in my life with my own children. Like, you can give him an extra fry. You got a whole thing. Like, you don't even really like fries. Da, da, da. And I had to, like, learn and unlearn that behavior. Like, I had to unlearn it and then learn differently. Like, wait a second. That actually doesn't make any sense. But there's these subtleties in family dynamics where boundaries are, like, frowned upon. And then when it comes to um, growing up and be being in relationships, I was... I prided myself on the ability to get along with many different types of people. Oof. So when I began dating and pursuing relationships or accepting to be pursued, I would, in my head, do, 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 oh, I'm dating, whatever, I'm a military guy. I'm dating an artist. I'm dating a this, da, 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 da. And automatically, it's like I'm calibrating in my brain and my boundaries how I can bend, fit, and contort to match the person that I'm with. Absolutely ridiculous, but I did it. So basically, taking note, don't do that. Don't. But you were a (laughs) shape-shifting chameleon to meet the people in your life. To be the best version of a partner for that person. Yeah. Wow. And... That is so, (laughs) that is so right. Like I, I joke about this a lot now. I I didn't have this joke in me like a couple (laughs) years ago, but I was like, if I would have gotten married when I thought I was ready for marriage, when I thought that he was the one, I would, he would have married a fraud. Mm -hmm. I am not the person that I was when I dated him, nor was that the version of myself that I was created to be? I literally molded myself so that I would be loved, accepted, and received. And you said something earlier, how when we're dealing with like the pushback and boundaries and the rejection, we're now dealing with the fruit. Uh, part of my journey was submitting to teachings of people. And I will never forget this because it was audible. So I was in an online class and I was listening. I was watching, but I remembered this revelation came through my ears and I immediately saw it. And she said, if you, uh, it was Dr. Faith Wakoma. I want to give credit where credit is due. That woman has brought some enlightenment into my life in the area of identity. But she said, if you are with a person and they drop their ice cream and they melt down because they dropped their ice cream, you're looking at it from the outside in like it's just an ice cream. We'll get you another one. But what you need to fundamentally understand is that it was never about the ice cream. Mm, girl. And I've had that those moments as a as a child watching adults in my life where things like that would happen maybe not an ice cream and now with a different level of understanding I realize wow that person experienced so much loss or rejection or abandonment that any glimpse of it even if it were an ice cream or even if it were something simple like breaking a vase or something like that it was like devastating and you'd be like what on earth is going like are you have you lost your mind and it's because we are walking around interacting with and dealing with the trees and the fruit of these various seeds that we have planted whether it's abandonment whether it's rejection whether it's you know unhealthy boundaries and honestly 
rejection and abandonment are two of the, the larger areas that produce unhealthy and lack of boundaries because when you're feeling abandoned and rejected, you are chasing acceptance. And when you're chasing acceptance and love and uh, validation, your boundaries are as loose as that validation comes and goes. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm in such a different space. Like I mentioned in an episode previously, like I used to want like 12 kids and a massive family and a husband and a career and a business. And, you know, I was like, maybe one day I'll even run for office. But the more that I matured, the more that I evolved and that I became who I was created to be, the more that I realized that all of those things that I maybe was pursuing Mm. was from an unmet need as a child to be seen, loved and heard. And me becoming, like we said, that hero to all of these other people or tiny little humans and doing it just so right that it would be inevitable that it can be done. But now I'm like, man, like, however God chooses to bless me with children and however many understanding that each one of them are wired a specific way And being so open and aware of their individuality, their personalities, and just accepting of them so that literally that seeking, that chasing validation, appreciation, and love stops with me. Yeah. And I I love that um, that you brought up the point, like, in connecting it with our children because, you know, we love to say, you know, all things being equal, all things being equal, blah, blah, blah. What is equal? There, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not reality. And so in raising children, even when we're talking about boundaries, you might need to have different boundaries in place as a mom based upon your child's personalities. Absolutely. Based upon their needs, their strengths, their weaknesses, their emotional disposition, Um, how they need to be cultivated, how they need to be um, bridled a little. Affirmed. (laughs) Certain things. All all of it. And you have to, like, I'm a firm believer in, like, studying the child that's in front of you. Yes. Now, it's going to change. Seasons change. Different things happen. We definitely don't get it right every season. Um, But as a parent and as a future parent, the intentionality that you have in studying your children can literally make or break them. And so there's boundaries that I have with my oldest daughter and my middle daughter that may not be the same boundary that I have with my son or vice versa, but all three of their personalities are like very different. Yeah. And so, you know, what is needed and, and seeking guidance on how to tailor fit my love and support for this being is an exercise in boundaries where it was like, wait a second, literally like I had a little bit looser boundaries with my daughters, but then I realized maintaining that and having that be like my overall mom boundary was a thin slice of hell with my son where he was like, Oh, word, I'm going to take your boundary and I'm going to kick it 400 yards and touchdown. And I'm like, Oh, God, like, what is happening? Like, oh, wait a second. And, like, 
And so. And I love watching you with him. Like, um, recently we were having lunch and he looked over. I, I will never forget this. Like, I think this is one of those, like, defining parenting moments in my life. He looked over at your bread and he's like, is that? And he, like, had a question in mind and you were like, are you asking for a piece? I, I want you to be direct. I don't like passiveness. And I admired that so much because when we teach our children to be passive, the world will pass everything by them. But when you teach them to be healthily assertive and just like, hey, this is what I want is and not disrespectful, because then I watched him ask you, can I have half of your bread? Mm. And you gave it to him, but you were honoring yourself and, hey, I don't do passivity. Like, ask me for what you want and you will get it. Maybe. But, right. It's not always a guaranteed yes. But yeah. I need you to ask. But you and ask the right question. Don't try. Yeah. And this is a thing. Don't try to make me try to put together what you're asking me. Are you asking me because it's getting cold? It's getting hard. Like, are you curious? Am I going to take it home? You know, ask what you want to ask. I don't even have the brain space to do that. But, you know, I did that for years. And, you know, obviously we have a decade between us. No. Yeah. A yeah. Decade. A whole a decade. decade. <laughs> a decade between us. Honey, save your brain cells. The amount of gymnastics and leeway and super loose boundaries that cause my brain cells to fry out because I am now taking a little chunk of what someone says and I'm putting it together and then I'm going, is this what you meant? I'm doing. Like my brain is powering this whole process for you as if you're not a capable adult human being to do the same. Oh no. And so my, like the way that I was raised, one of the things my mom said, think about it. Now, that seems simple, but it was absolutely obnoxious. I had to plan everything. I had to ask specifically if everything. If I was going to the mall, I had to tell my mom what stores I was going to to get permission. I had to have a plan, okay? So I'm used to critically thinking everything through and coming up with, like, putting it through my brain computer, coming up with a synopsis and presenting it. That's how I was trained. That's how I was raised. If you don't have a thought, then, so my mom would say, what did she say? If you don't have a plan, you'll always be subject to somebody else's plan because somebody else has a plan for you. And I'd be like, huh? Like, if you plan to just go to the mall and walk around, you're going to meet someone that has a plan to fill your time, whether it's hanging out, meeting some boys, or going doing drugs, or smoking or something beside the mall. Whatever it is, somebody has got a plan for what you can do with your time if you don't have a plan. So... I don't have time yeah. to put together this whole thing for you because now I'm, I'm, I'm flushing my brain with all of your, like, bits and pieces of data. And then I'm coming up with this whole thing. Like, no, I have to do that for myself. And you do that for you. And then we come together and we talk. And empowering them, you know. And another quote that kind of comes to mind um, is if, if you don't plan, then you are planning to fail. Yeah. Like, that is it, right? Yeah. And as I'm sitting here just talking with you, like, I am in a very amazing situation where I have the most amazing nieces and nephews. Like, I have a niece who's three, about to be four, and I have a nephew who is 10. And 
I have all of these little kids that I mentor and I have had to figure them out, so to speak, <laughs> because when I started kids group, I put them all in a room and I thought that I could be the leader. Uh-uh. They literally were like, we're going to make you run for your life to the point to where it was exhausting. And I made them take personality tests. I made them, you know, share with each other what they enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy taught them to communicate amongst themselves so that when we were doing an activity that the rest of them didn't particularly like we could be like hey next week we're going to actually do an activity that you enjoy so like for our extroverts they are people like people pleasers like oh people people give us people the introverts are like nothing so i'll take a back seat but when we planned like people-centered activities the way that we would not coerce the other kids to participate, but the way that we would encourage like community and like working together and actually doing the thing is, is like, Hey guys, this week we're going to focus on this. And like this part of the group is going to be super excited about it. And then next week, this is what we're planning for you guys. And then, you know, we're going to, we're going to give and take, but I will never forget the day that I um, started teaching my nephew kind of, so to speak, how to have boundaries because you know for all of us it's different and you I mean I was like oh my gosh like I could have saved myself so many like you know just watching you with Mally but um we went to a restaurant and I grabbed food from his plate and then he never grabbed another bite for the rest of the day like I used the fork that I had and I I'm used to it like mm -hmm. And he didn't eat for the rest of the day. And then a couple of days later, we went to the coffee shop and I drank from his hot chocolate. And he didn't take another drink. And so there was a quickening in my spirit. And so I asked him, I said, hey, do you not appreciate sharing your food? He's like, yeah, because, you know, like germs and stuff. And like, I don't know where your hands have been. I don't. Mm, yeah, no. And it's not just you, like, with everybody. Yeah. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that when you saw me, like, reaching for your stuff? And he was like, well, you're the adult and I'm the kid. Like, how am I going to tell you not to eat what you bought? Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I am telling you that when you're with me, you can tell me, like, hey, um, I don't want to share this with you. Like, I want to eat all of my food. Or, And I'm like would it have made a difference if I asked you? He said, yeah, I would have thought about it and I would have put some aside for you. Yeah. And so just the little things in that and like, even like with the rest of my kids, like doing that with him then taught me like, oh, so that's why these two kids play well together. They like sharing their food. These two are, you know, I learned so much but not trying to piece together like is he sick you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying like but just being direct and asking him like is that just something you don't like mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but it's also you, you mentioned something amazing in that story it's power dynamics and in every like when we're thinking about how we're raised we have to understand that we're taught how to create or not create boundaries by the people in our lives that hold power over us, our parents, our adults in our life. And even subsequently um, in relationship, 
there are some things that I have done or not done or said or not said because I was afraid of uh, upsetting the man that I was with. And yeah. so I compromised a boundary based upon that, but I was already not emotionally safe. And so when we don't grow up in families that that let us know on a tangible level what emotional safety is and we don't actually know what it feels like, we're setting our children and we're setting ourselves up to go into the world and interact with people not understanding what safety feels like and then just kind of trying on these boundaries for size or not. And so that was so important for you as an aunt to say, no, like you're safe with me. I want to honor your boundaries and this is how you can create a boundary for me to honor and it's teaching him but it's also giving his heart safety because of his assumption which i can dig it (laughs) for real though boy said (laughs) how am i going to tell you not to buy something how many parents said you don't pay bills in here i do what i want you can't do nothing you do what i say whatever the thing is we're taught oh you don't matter you're just a kid I have power, I pay the bills, I'm in charge, I bought this, I bought that. And it sets us up, regardless of the point where we, we get grown or we get a job and we're able to uh, buy different things, it conditions us to this place of powerlessness and lack of boundaries. Absolutely. And I feel like it's very important for us to even, as we're talking about boundaries, differentiate that there are physical, tangible for my person protection safety boundaries and there are emotional boundaries Mm -hmm. that we need to set especially um so like I mentioned I have a niece and a nephew my niece she's three and she throws tantrums she she's ah you know and she's explosive and I had to like I knew this I think from the time that she was one because I bought this little book and it had like smiley faces and it was like um, all of the different emotions and in different colors. And when she was experiencing joy, I would ask her to point to the face that matched her emotions. And she mm-hmm. almost 100% could always like mimic the emotion that the color represented. And so with that being said, with her, I've learned the art of, for example, if I am trying to leave a place at a certain time, she always wants more time. It's her thing because she feels like she's running out of time. So how do I not sit her down and be like, we're going to do this again later. Like, what are you talking? Like, how do I not talk down on her? And how do I validate her need for more? If I know that I'm trying to leave at 830, I start setting five minute timers at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's your adult <laughs> responsibility to know who you're dealing with. Oh, my God. And it's it seems silly. Five more minutes. Literally, that's yeah. her thing. Five when she sees minutes. me, please, five more minutes. But when I'm done, I'm also not like, okay, now, baby. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. Are you coming with me or are you staying behind? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She knows it's a go. Yeah. And I and I love that that example because there's the affirmation of her personality from what you've observed and what you've studied she's always going to ask me for more time (laughs) let me go ahead and scale it back 30 minutes from what i know is my time and make her feel super excited every time auntie gives what what is that six more sets of every five minutes she feels like she got over like a fat rat (laughs) and you're just like it was 8 30 every single time but she's just like yes 
Every time you say <laughs> five more minutes, okay, yes, five more minutes, yes. And she's affirmed yeah. that she feels seen and that she's getting something extra and it just does all these wonderful things Inside for her little her. spirit. Yeah. Versus, you know, it's a hard, you know, shutdown and it it can take some time to to learn that, but once you do, there's so many tips and tricks, y'all. And they're super easy, such as and it definitely, scale back <laughs> your time frame. It definitely wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm just really good at this. Mm-hmm. I had to come into a place where I loved myself enough to ask myself, what would I do if I was here? Yeah. And then give them that because they don't need another negative voice in their life telling them what and how to do things. They're going to get enough of that in the world. Yeah. And I need to be where they feel safest. Like for example, my nephew, if he, he's a quality time kid. Mm. So he's like, Hey, I don't appreciate you setting up play dates for me and then not spending time with me. Mm. I'm giving him what he wants, which is a play date. But if I'm not present with him there in the midst, it doesn't feel like quality time to him. It just feels like a play date and learning and asking the like not the right questions, but giving them space to communicate because I find myself in this boat again and again and again. I am kind of like the child preteen whisperer for a lot of people. And I took a girl out because she told me her quality time or like her love language was quality time. So I was trying to figure out how to fit her into my schedule. Right. And I was like, well, if she goes with me to the Apple store while they're fixing this, like, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and we get in the car and I'm feeling like on 10, I did this. <laughs> I gave her time. We talked the whole time. I mean, we had uninterrupted time while we were together. Um, and then on the way back, I'm prompted again. What do you consider quality time? Because in my mind, I had just aced it. Mm -hmm. She said, excuse me, she said, um, uninterrupted interaction, not around a lot of people where like we can make eye contact and I can actually hear what you're saying. So that whole day, was spent in quality time in my mind, but in her mind, it was just another hangout, not actually quality time. Is it because there was too many people around? Yeah. Oh, wow. So we did it again. <sighs> yeah. The following Friday, and we did it again at a coffee shop where it was just two chairs, right, directly across from one another. And then I went back to her mom, and I asked her, I said, do you know what your daughter considers quality time? She was like, no, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, we'll watch a movie together. That's not good enough. We'll do this. It's not good enough. And I'm like, this is what she considers quality time. And in an instant, she had an epiphany and was like, oh, I don't ever do that. Right. Yeah. And there was no guesswork. All you had to do was really just ask. Yeah. But also, like, building intentional space. Um, I think... For most of us as human beings, yes, there are some of us that have very particular um, 
needs or things that we would consider quality time. But I think when it comes to children, they are so silenced in the world, whether it's in school or at Girl, home. Girl, I hate the cafeteria. It's but don't talk this was one don't talk in the cafeteria yes girl oh that's weird um (laughs) that's like the only place during the school day you're able to like get loud and talk um but that was my favorite thing about 2020 was being in the house or um, being in the park and being like in the grass and like doing projects everywhere with all of my children like we could not based upon what was happening in the world, we basically could not interact at a high level in our normal way with other people. So whether we were having a projector movie night in the living room or out back, um, whether we were at the reservoir chasing ducks or whatever was happening, we had the kind of definition of quality time that you just expressed. And I think, like, I miss that. Like, we bonded yeah. incredibly during that time. And I was saying that maybe, like, over the summer, like, oh, gosh. Like, I mean, I'm looking at pictures on my Google Drive memories, and I'm like, we got it in. Like, we Those were so annual close. memory. Yeah, and I'm like, we actually enjoyed one another. And I think one of the things that I was dreading as things started to open up, and maybe this is based upon my personality, like, I I don't know. Maybe I consider myself to be an extroverted introvert. Like, I like being at home. I love making home paradise and being comfortable and being able to do all the things. And so I didn't mind it. I mean, I love hanging around people and getting to know people, but, like, in splashes. And so I was dreading everything, like, opening back up and us getting back on this grind. And I think that's why, like, this last year and a half, like, I was super productive, 2020 i thrived like yeah it was (laughs) the best worst gift to be honest it was but i mean but you gotta know right um but yeah i mean i know we're we're getting ready to wrap up but i think you know understanding your boundaries based upon your personal like personality is important as well because if I create boundaries that say I got to be out here doing all this stuff and I really need to be a little bit more like in home or, you know, just a little bit more sparse with my a- extracurricular activities, that's healthy for me. Yeah. But for a child that thrives in being social and being a social butterfly and all that, my boundaries will actually harm them. Ha- yeah, hurt them and squash their spirit. And so, you know, I guess if I could share anything would be like make sure we are in general learning how to cultivate healthy boundaries, but remembering to tailor fit them to ourselves. And as you we were talking about earlier, the season that the we're season in. and the people that you're entrusted with in that season. Yeah. Whether it's a friendship or your children or your family, you know, like learning to be honoring of yourself first and foremost, of course, all of the time, but also like learning to be honoring of them, mm-hmm. not at the expense of your inconvenience, but in a responsive compassion and empathy for what you've healed and discovered that they have yet to see. Yeah. Yeah, that part. <laughs> <sighs> So thank you guys um, again for joining us for with uh, uh, joining with us 
for episode six and talking about boundaries, man. This is a, a ever-evolving subject. I still have more boundaries, better boundaries to create. Girl, I'm still discovering them. Right. <laughs> and as we discover, discover and evolve ourselves, we will create and change boundaries as needed. But do you want to take us out? Yeah, so we are very grateful for everyone that has uh, listened up to this point. And we want to encourage you to share, like, and subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you're leaving reviews. We love to read those, all of the testimonies, all of the healing journeys. And if you have some feedback for us that you want to come directly to us, you can send it in at bit.ly forward slash women audaciously. And we are so excited. Can't wait to talk to you again. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.